Hi, I'm Britt Pham. And I'm Mac Harvey. And welcome to Sunday School. and get comfy in your seat. Uh, You could do a quick stretch. That's what my body wants to do. And settle with your eyes closed when you're ready. Hands on the tops of your thighs or maybe face up if you feel more like receiving today. And on the count of three, go ahead and exhale anything you need to release with an SH. One, two, three. Feeling your shoulders relax with that exhale. Inhaling in through your belly. And exhale out through your mouth. Feeling your shoulders drop even lower with each exhale. In. And out. And on your own time, bringing yourself back, maybe wiggling your fingers and toes. And returning. Ah, well, welcome everybody. Welcome to Sunday School. We are so excited to have you listening in today. Like you heard before, I'm Mac and I'm so excited to be here. And I'm Britt, and today we're just going to jump straight into it because we have a very special guest with us talking about <laughs> the vagina. <laughs> Truly the, the, like, the, the most enthusiastic about vaginas person I've ever met, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> and the most surprising, I think. Um, I'm very excited for this episode because it's not someone you would really expect to be talking in depth about the inner workings of the vagina but we're so excited to have him we welcome to sunday school elliot lee that is some really high praise most enthusiastic about vaginas coming from you Brett. thank you so much hi <laughs> i'm so excited to be here yes. <laughs> it was a good call back to say like a surprising person because i remember when elliot you first reached out to us about doing this episode and i was like do we want our first episode about vaginas and biology to be with like a man and then we were like (laughs) yeah that's so weird (laughs) Ooh, how unorthodox yeah Yeah. well and i think it'll just be like i'm so excited to get into this conversation because you actually are very qualified to be talking about this and we'll get into why but i also just like you're a, a longtime friend of ours i've we've known you for so long we've grown up and been awkward teenagers together and <laughs> i think this is going to be such an interesting take on the vagina yeah i think we're all going to be really really open and we're going to get to some amazing places i'm i'm stoked we're opening our legs and our hearts <laughs> <laughs> Elliot, without further ado, would you like to just introduce yourself to the congregation? Yeah, let me give my very official introduction. My name is Elliot Lee. I am currently a PhD candidate at the University of Washington studying microbiology, uh, specifically bacterial vaginosis, bacterial interactions, and metabolism. So that's what makes you like really qualified to talk about this. You're in school for it. You've been going to school for like literally years and um I do want to touch on kind of like how we know you and how Mm -hmm. you have come to be in our lives um we've we've known you since high school we all went to skyline class of 2013 that right middle school 
Oh my Middle god, school. yeah. No, yep. you're right. Well, we were in the plays guy. together. Okay. Yeah, like all good things in my life, it all started with theater class. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that is a bold statement, my friend. <laughs> yes, you are also a theater kid. Um, I know Britt and I have talked about our theater experience and upbringing, and you were one of us. <sighs> so influential and so awkward at the same time. Oh um, but I think the the important through line to highlight here is that we all grew up in this weird, wacky society and culture that we call Salt Lake City, Utah, which is like super conservative and religious. But at the same time, Salt Lake pretends to be like a little bit more cool than the surrounding areas, which I would say it has become maybe. I don't know. Um, yeah. And so it's I think it's kind of, you know, really cool to get to talk about um vaginas and biology and like actual like scientific stuff because we like to say on Sunday school this is like the conversations you don't get to have in school right which is about healing and self-discovery sometimes but other times it's like straight up just like sexual health and like reproductive health um we've had conversations about birth control so it's really cool to get to have another more scientific conversation from the perspective of someone who grew up in the same place we did mm. um and we'll get into you know all that stuff later I really want to get into like the the, the sciencey science i'm super enthusiastic about but then just i mean I, I think all biologists even the microbiologists like we just love nature and are so amazed by it um so i'm really hoping to get a little of that like really hardcore cells stuff but also just like the majesty of the thing well and elliot to complete your intro i would love to hear from you uh, what made you want to study uh, vaginas as someone that doesn't have one? Mm. Well, it, it's a little bit random that uh, the way a PhD, at least uh, in kind of the biological sciences work, because um, when you're a graduate student, you you really don't know shit. Uh, so you have to attach yourself to a professor who has like all of the NIH, NSF funding and has the <sighs> projects. They know enough about the field to actually come up with a meaningful research question and stuff. So uh, my first year uh, year here at University of Washington, I rotated through a few different labs, kind of getting a feel for uh, the, the culture of the laboratory and the kind of research we would be doing. And I wound up just being a really good, both like personal and scientific match with my current uh, professor, David Fredericks, who's a really amazing uh, MD who just does crazy, crazy cool research. I just kind of randomly started off on the vaginal microbiome stuff uh, while I was kind of doing that trial period, but I truly just fell in love with it. It is so interesting. It I love how it, like, truly, I love how enthusiastic you are about it and, like, so respectful and, like, uplifting about <laughs> vaginas. Yeah. You are. Yeah, and it's, it's sort of at random. I just feel I so I feel so so lucky that I wound up in this area of research that I found so interesting. Mm. Um. Well, I think before we get in, go to church on anything, I just want to wrap up our intros with an acknowledgement that throughout this episode, we're going to be talking about uh, the vagina, obviously, and we're probably going to be using the term women a lot. Um, just want to acknowledge that not everyone who has a vagina identifies as a woman. And at the same time, a lot of the studies that are available to us and just like the language and the science around this area of study uh, includes people who identify as women. Um, so we are talking about vaginas. And if you have a vagina, this applies to you. Well, and I'll just try to be really specific. When I'm using the word woman, and I'll be trying to be conscious of this uh, relating to like studies and things, for the most part, those studies were uh, recruiting people who identified as women who had vaginas mm. uh, to carry out some of the science. Um, and we'll talk a little bit about some non-gender conforming or some trans people potentially. Um, but I'll try to uh, be as clear as possible about what the research is actually uh, applying to and how much we can extrapolate that out to other people. Sure. Sweet. Anything else before we go to church? Let's go to church.
Elliot, do you want to start by kind of outlining some basic definitions um, about you of what a vagina is and what bacterial vaginosis is and whatever else you think is important to define to start us off? I would love to define some things, Britt. Thank you so much. Uh, so specifically, uh, and I just want to be really specific about first, uh, the vulva is the exterior part of the female genitals. That includes like the lips, labia majora, labia minora, clitoris, entrance to the vagina. Uh, I almost, I know almost nothing about that. I, <laughs> I'm a scientist. I know a lot about like two things. Uh, the... You know where the clitoris is though. Yes. <laughs> See, that's, you're already winning. <laughs> <laughs> this is something I was thinking about like last week though. Like I, I don't think that I saw diagram of the vulva until like sophomore year of college. Anyway, Whoa. we can get into that when we're talking about yeah. our kind of cultural background. Yeah, for sure. That's fascinating. Okay, continue. So <laughs> anyway. the vagina then is the inside part, uh the uh, canal between the vulva and the cervix which leads into the uterus. Uh, and those are all very distinct parts of the body. Uh, and obviously the vagina has a lot of different functions, but as kind of a microbiologist, I'm very much interested in the vagina's role as excluding bacteria from the uterus. So uh, as sort <sighs> of a, a gateway between the outside germy world and the vagina itself has plenty of microbes in it, but it's not awesome when you have bacteria in the uterus. Um, mm. So just want to be really clear mm. about this, those different parts of the body. When I'm talking about the vagina, I mean that interior part before you get to the cervix. Mm. Okay. Wow. I never actually knew that or considered the vagina as like that gateway or barrier between the outside world and the uterus. And I don't know if we're going to keep this in, but the first idea thought that came to mind was, Oh, so the vagina is like the black gate and the uterus is like Mordor and the outside world is all of Middle Earth. Is that? That's a, what a lovely metaphor. Yes. I love it. Yes. Women are Mordor. <laughs> yes. As a woman, you want to keep the hobbits out. The hobbits are gonorrhea. <laughs> holy shit did we just create our own sex education curriculum yeah i think we did and that's why you have all of those pits that the orcs are growing inside of you cultivate your orc pits in order to fight off the hobbits that want to get into your mordor beautiful your mordor isn't cool. nature amazing i love it <laughs> Okay, great. We have a we have a definition now, and we have a great metaphor. We'll keep writing with that. <laughs> What's the next term you'd like to define for us, Elliot? So I want to pass this uh, first because uh, McKenna has actually uh, quite a good uh, clinical background, and definitely mm. better than me, who's just like chained to a lab bench all the time. So first, <laughs> Brit, what is a bacteria? What do you think of when you think Ooh. of a bacteria? Oh my god, why did I just get like a ton of anxiety in my chest as if I was at school? I'm like, I try to I'm sweating. Okay, so when this I think is a of loving space. <laughs> when I think of bacteria, I think of like a living uh organism. It can be good or it can be bad. And the the thing I compare it to is a virus, which as I understand it, a virus needs like a host to survive. Um, and so those are kind of like the two main like little micro things that we deal with when we talk about quote unquote sickness, but bacteria doesn't always make you sick. Yeah, no, and I think that's a that's a really great understanding of them, actually. I think you did great. Thank uh, you. <laughs> nice job. Miss <laughs> Clinician, what do you think of when you think of bacteria? Well, I mean, I know that there's good bacteria and bad bacteria, and I will talk about uh bacterial vaginosis because i do want you to define it as well we deal a lot in my clinic that i work in with bacterial vaginosis as well as like yeast infections and like mm. you know they happen to a lot of women and people with vaginas and uh my understanding of it and how we treat it is like in the vagina there's a concentration of 
bacteria and there's a concentration of yeast and those are pretty balanced normally and when one of those gets out of balance if there's more bacteria that's overpowering the yeast you get bv or bacterial vaginosis and vice versa if you have an overpowering of yeast inside the vagina you're getting a yeast infection which symptoms of both of those look very similar we actually have to run tests and like get swabs of the vagina to test it to see which one of those elements is out of whack and so with bv if you're bv positive there's obviously more bacteria and there's an upset and what's so interesting to me is that i mean it's so different for every body and every vagina can be offset by so many different things that's an incredibly good working understanding of bacteria and bv um um so uh bacteria is a little living cell exactly like you were saying brett um i i like to picture them as like basically a ziploc baggie filled with gel so that baggie would be the cell's membrane that holds all the celly goop in and that stuff on the inside uh there's a bunch of DNA in there that it uses for the instructions for how to make itself, uh, a bunch of nutrients that it's absorbed, all of the proteins and and stuff that it uses to do things. And then uh, right outside that Ziploc baggie, there's basically like a chicken wire little shell that holds the baggie in so that it doesn't explode from water flowing into it. And so most of the good bacteria that we're going to be talking about today actually have a lot of layers of that chicken wire. So they have a really thick cell wall. That's the chicken wire uh, that they use to protect themselves. And then a lot of the bad bacteria that we're going to be talking about uh, only have a couple layers of that chicken wire then with another Ziploc baggie on the outside. I feel like we're actually getting a a great biology lesson um, (laughs) for adults because as we saw clearly, neither Mac or I... (laughs) knew actually what a bacteria was and i swear to god i took ap bio and i got a five on that exam don't ask me shit about anything okay well and i really appreciate you like actually going into detail elliot about what a bacteria is and providing these metaphors because um you know we've been saying not all bacteria is bad not all bacteria is good right and i would love to just take a moment to go a little bit deeper into that if there is like room to go deeper because to, yeah exactly what i wanted to Cool. Okay, cool. Well, and so I'm going to be using just a shorthand good bacteria and bad bacteria a lot, just because I I think that's the easiest way to understand them. Like the good bacteria uh, make you healthy and happy and stuff, and the bad bacteria uh, make you itchy and miserable or whatever. Um, But really, a a bacteria, I think the easiest way to think about them is just like a little pre-programmed robot that's just been designed to get the nutrients it needs to split in half and make a second one of itself. So in the case of the vaginal microbiome, the bacteria that live in vaginas, uh, the good ones are using the sugars that we provide them uh, and excluding those bad bacteria with acid, which we'll get mm-hmm. into a little bit more. I actually have a, que- a follow-up question to that. Yeah. So um, Max said earlier, every body is unique and that and you said just now, Elliot, that uh, bacteria are built the way they're built, they want to reproduce, right? So is it the, is it a, am I correct in understanding that everybody's body and the way that their bacteria behave and process like the sugars that you just mentioned is like a little bit different? Is that what I'm understanding? It is probably a good idea here to actually give a little bit of an intro of what's going on microbiologically in the vagina. So uh, human vaginal tissue uh, is pretty similar to skin, except that those dead cells that are sloughing off you know you like you'll use an exfoliant on your face or something to like wash away those dead cells similar thing happening that dead skin cells slough off the inside of the vagina um, and that turnover helps to keep things fresh and healthy Um, but those cells unlike skin and other parts of the body are packed with sugar uh, and significantly more sugar than any other even like closely related primate or mammal. We're mm. really, really unique in that of how much sugar is in human vaginal tissue. Um, mm. So as those cells then are 
breaking down and falling apart uh, as they're being expelled as part of vaginal discharge. Uh, the good bacteria, uh, and those are species of lactobacillus. Um, so those are cousins of the bacteria that are used to make yogurt and stuff. Uh, and their primary method of making their living is they uh, absorb sugars, so either uh, from milk or for the ones that are specific to the vaginal microbiome uh, from the sugar that the body is giving them. Uh, they ferment that sugar into lactic acid, so the same acid that our muscles make uh, when we're going through exercise. Uh, and they're really good both at producing a lot of that acid and surviving in it. So that brings the vaginal pH down to about four. Uh, and quick reminder on your pH scale, uh, just like water is pH seven, that's totally neutral. pH four is quite acidic, especially when you're a bacteria. So that's like uh, roughly the same acidity as a can of soda or something. Um, and so that's why you'll also uh, possibly have like issues with uh, underwear, like black underwear getting bleached or something. That's the normal healthy acidity of your vagina, which then fucks up all of the like every like HIV virus fucked up by acid, uh, gonorrhea mm. bacteria fucked up by acid, trichomonas, which is a, a, a different, it's not a bacteria, uh, but another pathogen fucked up by acid. Uh, oh, so wow. basically so, everything bad does not like that acidic environment. Oh, so is it, so our vaginas are more acidic because it protects us from bad shit. Like mm, acidity exactly. protects us from bad shit. Oh. That's cool. badass. They also have some other cool stuff. They produce some other chemicals that fuck up other bad bacteria and stuff. But a really major driver is that uh, acidic environment just makes it really inhospitable for other bugs that aren't those good lactobacilli to survive. Mm. I really love that explanation because it, what it brings to mind for me is like, growing up and seeing like the discharge in my underwear and thinking that it was like disgusting and wrong and I need to hide it and it's just like your body working naturally it's your vagina literally protecting you from bad shit and I loved the um analogy that you drew to like you exfoliate your face to get off the dead skin cells like that's just your vagina doing its job and keeping itself healthy and I think that in general, there's a lot of stigma around what happens with the vagina and the more you know and the more educated someone is, I think the more it reduces stigma, which like Elliot, you mentioned that when we were prepping for this episode, right? Like if we just knew there wouldn't be so much like bullshit existing. Um, and I actually, with that said, want to segue into talking specifically about something we mentioned before, which is BV or bacterial vaginosis, right? Um, so what causes BV? Yeah. yeah. And so uh, science, capital S science, knows a lot about what bacterial vaginosis looks like. We know a lot less about what causes it or why it happens. And I think what McKenna said earlier was a really good primer actually on BV that um, you kind of have... Uh, the, the, the population of bacteria present um, in health, it's mostly going to be those good lactobacilli, like 95% uh, of the bacteria present are going to be good lactobacillus species. And then in BV, for various reasons that we'll get into, uh, different groups of bacteria start to uh, kind of take over. So it's not a thing that like uh, suddenly you have twice as many bacteria or something in your vagina when you have BV. It's that they're kind of getting replaced uh, by these other bugs. And so whereas in a healthy vagina, it's going to be like 95% the same species. In BV, you're going to see a much more uh, a diverse group of bacteria. Uh, and whereas the good lactobacilli are really just kind of hanging out eating the sugar, making lactic acid, not causing any problems for uh, the person. Uh, those BV bugs are 
using vaginal mucus as a source of nutrients. Uh, they're uh, digesting it, and which is why one of the more common uh, issues that people will complain about when they go in for BV treatment is really thin, excessive vaginal discharge. Um, they actually attack the vaginal tissue, uh, so they're trying to eat your uh, still live cells. Oh, God. Uh, and as they're eating that more uh, protein-rich food source of you, uh, <laughs> the... Uh, they produce some compounds uh, that smell really bad. So things like uh, mm. putrescine and cadaverine, which you might be able to tell from putrid and cadaver do not smell nice, uh, <laughs> which is where a lot of the uh, malodor that uh, people will complain about uh, when they're going in to get treated come from. Wow. Okay. I'm just going to attempt to reflect what I just heard to make sure I understand. This is just how I process information these days. So to reflect, good bacteria, usually you, a healthy vagina will have majority good bacteria. These bacteria are eating like the sugars that exist in there and then they're producing lactic acid. And the acid is the stuff that keeps the bad shit out. So like it's this whole system and process to keep bad shit out. And when BV happens, we don't know quite what causes it. Could be in a number of things. If you're McKenna, it's because someone came inside you because you didn't use a condom. No judgment. <laughs> We've all been there. I'm going to own it for science. <laughs> and so BV happens when you have more bad bacteria taking over from the good bacteria. And these bad bacteria do a number of things, including eat your literal tissue, protein rich, and then they create not lactic acid. They create like other shit that just smells bad. And then you don't have enough acid to keep all the bad stuff out. And so it's just like this whole trigger of things. Okay, cool. Yeah. Okay. So what's the treatment for VB? Uh, mm. The only decent one is antibiotics. So uh, 100% if you're having uh, issues with BV, uh, it, it can be hard to tell the difference between like a yeast infection um, or BV uh, going in and seeing a doctor, seeing a gynecologist uh, and, and getting it taken care of. So uh, antibiotics work in like 90% of cases, uh, get rid of it. Uh, one of the really big issues and why there is a lot of research on BV though, is that in a lot of cases, uh, a couple months after that treatment, the BV will come back. Um, and it sucks. I've had some conversations with some people who have had recurrent BV and just like that feeling of, uh, I'm dirty. Oh, this is my fault. Oh, this is gross. What am I doing? Um, it really sucks, but truly the best way to deal with it is going in, getting the antibiotics, knocking down those bad bacteria so the good bacteria can come back. Wow. I actually just learned so much. I know this is, <laughs> this is so cool. And I just keep thinking back to what we were saying. Like, I wish they taught us this shit in school. Like I wish we had vagina talks day where someone told little 13 year old Mac or, you know, 12 year old just had her period Mac that like mm -hmm. the discharge that she was having was completely normal and just said, Hey, that's the good bacteria fighting off the bad bacteria and your vagina is just cleaning itself out and you don't need yeah. to be embarrassed by it. Yeah. Like that would have saved me years of shame and yeah. just like not knowing how my body was working. I'm I'm actually curious, Mac, if you ever exper had experiences with vaginal hygiene products because i just i wanted to say something regarding exfoliating your skin right Elliot <laughs> Every, everyone like <laughs> because we you know we just talked about like just you know just like your skin you exfoliate to get the dead skin cells off your vagina does that itself just want right. to put out there we are not saying exfoliate your vagina that's really something you should not do don't do don't do that shit. Yeah. and Mac, you just talked about shame. You just we just, we're talking about like destigmatization and like this stigma feeds into the vaginal hygiene product industry. And so I'm just yes. curious if like you have any personal experience with that. And Elliot, if you want to speak to your hiss, um, I welcome it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I myself have never I've never douched. I okay. that shit scares me. Once I learned what the actual douche was. I was thinking it was this thing that I needed to get to clean myself and make it better. And looking back, it's like I was 
wanting to do that for a potential man like mm. I was like oh boys will like me more if I douche and my vagina is not gross and so I never actually did it because I remember my mother telling me a story that she douched one time and for two weeks after that she had bv and it felt like the that, that her vagina was burning and it felt no. so itchy and so like it felt like a sunburn on the inside of her body and she said it was the worst feeling ever and that scared me away from ever douching and I'm so glad that she told me that because I like got to you know learn from her experience and not ever do that so Elliot I like to hear your take on uh vaginal quote-unquote cleansers (laughs) well again that is such like a perfect encapsulation why I fucking hate the feminine hygiene industry so much because it's like entirely built on preying on the insecurities that women have because our society shames women so much for their bodies and Mm. doesn't talk about how their bodies are supposed to be just like normally and healthily and stuff it's like shaping women young impressionable women for the male gaze yeah which is not what they should be trying to cater to, you know. And not even because the the boys don't know. I don't even. If know I tell you the number like. of smelly dicks I've sucked, you would be <laughs> appalled. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it it truly is like the vagina takes care of itself, with the exceptions of things like yeast infections or UTIs or bacterial vaginosis, um, and. In those cases, 100% of the time, the solution is see a gynecologist and, like, get the medication to take care of this thing. Mm. But, like, uh, it's so amazing how, like, one note all of the scientific literature is on this. It's just, like, douching, terrible, kills all of the good bacteria, (laughs) dries out vaginal tissue, like, it it makes it more susceptible to STIs and bacterial vaginosis-associated bacteria, like, freshening products, kills kills the good bacteria, bad, it's it's, it's so, it's all, it's universally bad. Yeah. (laughs) It not help at all. I feel like there's, like, a conspiracy in here of, like, the patriarchy slowly taking down women from the inside because they're like i i know what we'll do if we if we market them these products that they think are good they're really killing off the good bacteria and it's just going to keep them you know not fully healthy and living up to their full potential because their vaginas are going to be so fucking uncomfortable all the time yeah it's a conspiracy man i won't uh say yes or no to an <laughs> conscious conspiracy but i will say yes to the fact that it genuinely does like if you're feeling self-conscious about the way that your body smells and even because again we have terrible like health education in this country especially um we don't teach girls what their bodies should smell like so probably like 95 percent of people who are self-conscious about it like they are completely fine but then for those people who do have bacterial vaginosis or something, the douches and the vagicil and whatever make it worse. So they do have the effect of just like driving their own sales. So, you know, maybe it doesn't yeah. even matter if it's a conspiracy. Maybe it's just bad. Don't be a douche. Don't douche. <laughs> Don't be a douche. Don't douche. The new Sunday school tagline. <laughs> well, Nelia, now that you say um, you, you're talking about the just terrible state of our health and sex education null systems. Uh, I'm curious what is something or multiple things that have been really surprising for you to discover in your studies, uh, especially based on what we were taught growing up in school? Probably uh, the, the biggest things have been just like the wonder of how amazing a system the vagina is. I mean, it is just so cool the ways that like the the vagina is built uh to uh, form these symbioses with these good bacteria and just in this myriad of different ways uh 
promote its own health and keep itself healthy and stuff. Um, It's it's so cool. And probably this is semi-related that um, there just aren't enough resources in the science. Like uh, there are a lot of really passionate and really, really smart people working on the vaginal microbiome specifically kind of in the same area uh, that I'm interested in and women's health more generally. Um, But there are just like, the fact that we only have antibiotics as the treatment and we don't know that much about uh, how to prevent recurrent BV and stuff. And mm-hmm. I mean, part of that is because clinical studies are really, really expensive and hard to do. But on the other hand, this is an insanely common problem and more work needs to be done. Um, but we just don't understand enough in general about uh, what makes a bacteria stick to even have those treatments be super effective anyway. There's some further out kind of treatments like a vaginal microbiome transplant, which is a big word to say that you would take vaginal discharge from a healthy person. And as you're knocking down the bad bacteria in someone with bacterial vaginosis, uh, putting that vaginal discharge in to introduce like an entire community of good bacteria. Um, and yeah, just uh, those those sorts of things are expensive and tricky to do, but I, I think there's stuff that's promising. Wow, fascinating. Yeah. Well, question, we've been saying uh, a few times throughout this episode that uh, BV or yeast infections even are really common. Could you, do you have off the top of your head just like numbers so that we could put some numbers to it? Mm. Yeah, totally. So at any given time, uh, based on one study, uh, <laughs> The 29% of women uh, are BV positive um, and about 50% of women who are BV positive uh, and uh, that's being assessed by uh, looking at the bacteria in their vagina under a microscope. Uh, so about half of those women uh, will be experience, experiencing symptoms at any given time. Um, but BV is more common than any other vaginal complaints, so more common than UTIs, more common than yeast uh, infections. Uh, So probably uh, almost every person with a vagina at some point in their life is going to experience a bout of BV. Um, Again, another reason that it needs to be looked at a lot. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. I love that. I mean, I love the, like, at least just knowing that it's super common. And I hope that anyone listening to this knows, like, if you have BV or have experienced it or have recurring BV, like, you're not alone. (laughs) There's nothing wrong with you. It's just how bodies are. It's also nice to know that there's, like, people working on this. And there's, like, scientists like you who are trying to answer these questions. Uh, And maybe we can talk a little bit, because we kind of got sidetracked on uh, things that we think cause BV or Mm. some of those reasons. And because BV is a complicated condition. Um, Someone, two people who both are experiencing symptomatic BV probably have super different communities of bacteria present. Um, so because no two uh, cases are the same in a lot of cases it's probably different factors that are influencing that so some of the Mm. theories are uh, that you'll uh, during sex with a partner pick up a more virulent strain of some of these bad bacteria uh, that's maybe better at setting up that environment for all of the other bad bacteria to come in or maybe it's better at kind of hanging around after antibiotic treatment and then blooming back up um so there there's some thought that uh, it has some relation to like an sti or something um in a lot of cases and so we brought up uh issues of bv flaring up after like douching or after unprotected sex um and either of those are going to increase uh, the pH of the vagina, so make it less acidic, at least for a little bit, um, mm. in which case any bad bacteria that are around are probably able to grow a little bit better and kind of flare back up. And so potentially if they're not, uh, if they're growing up fast enough that the good bacteria aren't able to knock them back down again, um, possibly then uh you're going to experience another recurrence of BV. Wow. wow. 
<sighs> okay. Well, I have maybe like one last question before we begin to wrap up. Um, and that is kind of going back to uh, what we mentioned at the beginning around kind of touching on people with vaginas who don't necessarily identify as women, or at least people of different lived experiences and maybe like the differences in research that maybe you have noticed, Elliot, as a microbiologist in your field of study. Is there anything that comes to mind that you want to speak to on that? Oh, man, so many things. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, uh, so uh, I'll start with race. Um, uh, systemic racism is a thing. So a lot of the populations that are studied uh, for myriad reasons, I don't think we even necessarily need to get into right now, but generally populations that are being studied are going to be cis white women. Um, so we do not have as good of an eye on uh, vaginal microbiome sciences for other populations. Um, one thing that we do know, and so a way that I think racism really pops out is that BV uh, is much more prevalent depending on race. So for, uh, and this is all in the United States, uh, women who identify as Asian, 19% uh, BV positive, uh, non-Hispanic white women, 23%, uh, Mexican-American women, 32%, and uh, non-Hispanic black women, 51%. So wow, uh, just the range damn. of that, that twice as many black women as white women are BV positive at any yeah. given time. Um, and I, I, hesitate to the point of I think it's ridiculous to say that there are biological reasons for that I truly mm. don't think that there's like a fundamental difference in a black woman's vagina versus a white woman's I yeah. really think a lot of that comes down to like differences in access to health care uh, differences in education and health education um, so yeah I just think that's a really clear place uh, where that racism comes through Wow. Whoa, that's fascinating. Thanks for sharing yeah. that. Wow. Um, in terms of uh, kind of on the LGBTQ side of things, uh, just one thing I'll point out is that uh, gay women are more likely to be BV positive than straight women. Um, hmm. Not totally clear why, but something to be aware of potentially. Yeah. Um, and then this is just really, this is cool. So when a transgender person uh, gets bottom surgery, uh, a transgender woman. Uh, the neo-vagina is the scientific term for the vagina that is surgically constructed from scrotal and penile tissue. So because all of that tissue is like embryologically the same for penises, scrotums, and vaginas, um, or at least similar, I, close enough, that uh, they there are estrogen receptors present on the neo-vagina that respond to like estrogen creams and stuff. And so even though that neo-vagina started out its life as a penis and a scrotum, it will still get sugar built up in response to estrogen. So you can get a little bit more of like a cis female vaginal microbiome. I think there's still, I, I could only find like one study on the microbiome of trans women. Um, but just to cool the human body is crazy. And it's like, wow, there's estrogen here now. Guess I'm a vagina. Cool. Bodies are so cool. I wish like we got to study in school with the same kind of wonder that we are having in this this conversation. Like mm. I, I just can't even imagine like how our lives would all be so different if we got to study our bodies with some sense of like appreciation and uplift up, uplifting totally. uh, versus just like, study as hard as you can to make this test uh and yeah. then go to college and then forget everything like i did <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly i think just uh, i just love how much i've learned and like how it's so fucking crazy to me that like i, I it's unlocking so much curiosity about like my own body that's been existing this whole entire time that no one thought to be like i think these kids need to like know that like a penis and, the, and a vagina are like very similar and that's like so crazy to me and i thank you so much for all that information elliot oh thank you so much you guys for letting me chat about this i i love it it's so interesting i have so much fun i'm 
I'm the luckiest guy in the world that I get to do this shit. Uh, well, Elliot, what is like, you know, to close this out, what is the number one thing that you want people to take away from this conversation? I really think it is that stigma thing that we've been kind of hitting on throughout mm. this that like, because I, I, I've never experienced BV and I never will, obviously, but I can totally sympathize that like, if you're noticing like a weird smell and it's especially it's like coming up after sex with a partner or something or like around your period that's super awkward and gross feeling uh, and again that I, I truly think that like 90 plus percent of people with vaginas are going to deal with this at some point um people who have never had sex before have these bv bacteria uh present in their vaginas they are normal parts of our uh, uh, bacterial communities and stuff. Uh, there are certainly things that you can do to protect yourself a little more, like wearing condoms, especially with new partners and stuff. Never douching. Never, never doing any of the feminine hygiene shit. Just fuck that. No douching. Fuck that noise. <laughs> <laughs> but like, it, 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 it's so normal. It's nothing to feel ashamed about because of like the things that you're doing or anything mm -hmm. and yeah we should just be able to talk about this more and how vaginas smell and what they're like and it's all great it's all wonderful and that is the last word on uh, vaginal microbiomes we don't need to look into it anymore than that. <laughs>
honestly celebration of like uh female genital anatomy that i i found really refreshing um and then this is a lot harder so only if you're super comfortable and you're around people that you're comfortable with but if you do have a vagina uh talking about these experiences of having BV, having yeast infections or UTIs and stuff, uh, normalize conversations about bacterial vaginosis. Because, <laughs> I mean, really, it is so normal. And I think there are a lot of these kind of health topics that we really stigmatize and really moralize about that just, it's, it's the, the, the bacteria don't give a shit about who you're having sex with or how much or what kind of sex you're having they're just little robots that are, are trying to live their own lives just being I, I think we should all be a lot more open about these things mm, love that and if you feel uncomfortable sharing slash initiating that conversation you should use this podcast episode as a conversation starter share it with a friend or just say, hey, you know, I was listening to this podcast by this really cool group called Sunday School. And um, here's what I learned. Oh, yeah. And if um, anyone has any questions uh, about anything vagina related, uh, if there are any clinical kind of th questions or something, I'll send you to a gynecologist. But uh, you're more than welcome to uh, reach out to me on Twitter. I don't really post on it at all, but at Microbial Elliot. Uh, and I, I can share that with Britain McKenna we can, we can send that around we will be sharing it in our show notes absolutely <laughs> great 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 no and I love I, I I hope it's come across that I love talking about this stuff so I'm so happy to answer any questions that people might have thanks Elliot we'll share Elliot's information in the show notes um and you should reach out to him even if you don't have a question and just say hello and give him some love because he's the best I'm very nice he is very nice <laughs> I'll say hello. I'll compliment your Avi or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Wow. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you so, so, so much for all the work you put into this conversation and sharing your knowledge with everybody. Totes. Bye, everybody. Have an amazing week or two until we see you again. Um, we love you. Go love yourself. Drink some water. Amen. 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 Sunday School was created by me, Britt Pham. And me, Mac Harvey. Our theme music is originally by Caleb Spaulding and remixed by Annie Klang. The music you hear during our grounding breath are crystal singing bowls, composed and played by Jackie Cantwell. This episode was edited by Danielle Costa. You can find us on Instagram at Sunday dot school school is spelled s x h o o l thanks Brad. Chica -chica.